Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Cat Napsock for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. This is Four Center, and with me, as always, thankfully, Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Oh, I'm happy to be here on the bridge. 
<laughs> wow. Wow, we're really branching out in genre into uh, country western Star Wars. You know, everyone wants a western Star Wars. Yes. That's right. Do we want the Obi-Wan movie. It looks like what the Han movie will be. No, we're going to get like a Dolly Parton Star Wars. Howdy, Welcome y'all. to this new planet. It's called Dolly World. Oh, Outstanding. Boy. Now, hey, guys, exciting news. We want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You know Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial if you go to this very special Audible URL. It is audibletrial.com slash force center. Now, Joseph, Jennifer, there's over 180,000 titles, right? But that means all the Star Wars books are on there. Yeah. Excellent. It feels like 180,000 Star Wars books, but it's not. So <laughs> it is realistic that you could find time to listen to all of them. Yeah, I'm very excited about uh, doing this Audible thing because it is such a beating heart of what we talk about. Absolutely. It's all the cool mm. stuff in the books. I'm looking at them right now. Plenty to choose from available for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP. Three player, and also we want to ad- address a business. Star Wars Rebels is back. We're excited about it. You're excited about it. In fact, at the time of you listening to this episode, we'll have been really excited about what we saw. <laughs> we will have been excited. But Joseph, uh, our recording schedules sometimes don't line up with the Star Wars news cycle. Yeah, let's say it's exotic. Our recording schedule is (laughs) exotic. Uh, So, yeah, so if something incredibly major happens, if the, you know, Obi-Wan pops back in and just suddenly has an explanation of why he called himself Ben Kenobi... We'll do a quick Force Center React, but if not, since our recording schedule is a little uh, weird, a little exotic, we'll be sure to do a big review once Rebels wraps. Absolutely, which Jennifer gives you time to catch up (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I heard that this this is the must-see TV event, so I am going to must, I must see it. Yeah, there was some assertive tweeting about it. I'm like, seriously, stop what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Catch up with Rebels. I was, uh, our our friend geek girl diva, Shayna, who may or may not have already seen it, I, I don't know, at the time of this recording, was like doing some like... Get off Twitter. You're going to want to tune into this, and I'm excited. I hope it yeah. means like Zeb, Zeb has a new pair of pants or shoes or something. Like that. <laughs> something big like that. I think he has a song yeah. in his heart. But his we'll, we'll catch up to that uh, just like uh, we, we always uh, always catch up to Rebels and Freemaker Adventures. All right, a little less Freemaker Adventures. But maybe we'll do a special episode. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I love yeah. them, Freemakers. Me too. We'll catch up to you, Jennifer. Okay. Uh, Joseph, you're, you're kind of right there. I, I'm the one that needs to catch up. We'll do a special episode where Jennifer and I are just like, Ken, and then this happens, and then Lando's cape does this. Oh, that sounds good. And I'll understand when I'm in the Lego aisle at Target. I'm like, what's this ship? What's this one? Uh, We have had some uh, adventures. Actually, you know, I'll be honest. I haven't had many adventures. (laughs) I've been home streaming on Twitch. You guys can follow me over there and pew, pew, pew uh, with me. Uh, Jennifer, you know, I know you've been kind of away from your house doing some home repairs. Yeah, I've been literally on the road. I was on the road for almost seven hours through L.A. traffic. So I've been listening to you guys on my podcast. Wow. (laughs) Wow. But I'll tell you someone who has had some adventures. Joseph Scrimshaw. You, sir, I've been all over the place. Well, I've been to one specific place, and it's <laughs> called Gallifrey One. It's a Doctor Who convention. It is exciting, but Ken, I think yeah. sitting on your couch and having other human beings want to watch you play a video mm. game, that to me is the height of adventure. It's been rewarding. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's another a, a story for another and time. A story for another time. All right. Well, I just wanted to talk briefly about uh, Gallifrey One. It's this big Doctor Who convention. Uh, I'm a guest, so I go every year, and there's always Star Wars crossover. I always end up doing a mm. Star Wars uh, panel. It's really cool to see uh, the, the how much the love of Star Wars transcends into different uh, 
other storytelling worlds like Doctor Who. And in particular, some really cool cosplay. There was uh, a woman dressed as Rey, mm. but all of her uh, her garb, uh, yeah. her robes were made out of like the Fourth Doctor's scarf material. Oh, I love that. It was great. <sighs> so the Fourth clever. Doctor was John Cleese. Uh, that is close <laughs> to accurate. The Fourth Doctor uh, <laughs> has an episode where John Cleese makes an appearance wow, in I City pull- of Death hey. as a cameo. I pulled that one out of the air. <laughs> Pretty good. It, and that's in the season that's uh, uh, script edited by Douglas Adams. Douglas so Adams. that's perfect. It's all perfect. It See, all comes together. My uh, heart told me where to go. <laughs> <laughs> and there, uh, so the, the new regeneration of the Doctor, mm-hmm. and they revealed her costumes. There are a lot of people dressed as the 13th Doctor. Right. Cool. Big, bold, weird costume. Uh, and there was a pretty young girl, uh, uh, I think maybe around five years old, dressed as the 13th Doctor, mm-hmm. being walked around by her dad, who was just like, I am a classic Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> here's, just... my, here's my Doctor Who daughter. <laughs> like, I'm not into this Doctor Who thing, but I guess I'll bring that. Yeah. Uh, but then there are a bunch of uh, cool writers uh, that uh, had a chance to meet or do panels with. Um, Jody Hauser is uh, writing a lot of the adaptations. She wrote yeah. Thrawn. She wrote mm. uh, Rogue One. She added a great moment in Rogue One where Saw is thinking about Stila. Uh, in his yes. last moments. Yes, in the comic. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So uh, she's she's just a great person. I've been getting to know and hang out with a little bit. Uh, and I talked to, I was on a panel with Daniel Keyes Moran, who is the person who wrote the uh, Boba Fett story back in the uh, Tales of Bounty Hunters. Back that was the like the Boba Fett story. Oh. Yeah. And he claimed on the panel that he had been told by someone, but couldn't say much more about it. That when the Trank movie was going to happen, yeah. that it was Boba Fett, that <gasps> Kasdan mm. was writing it, mm. and that it was going to maybe be based a little bit on his story. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So who knows? Goodness. That's all a bunch of rumors. Yeah. But, you know, they oh. were said in public on a panel yeah. by this, uh, this gentleman. Uh, wow. Yeah, and he was great. Uh, but then I think the most interesting mm. conversation that I wanted to be sure to share is I talked a little bit to uh, Kevin Scott who is writing the Star Wars Adventures comic for the younger market. Yep, those are great. Uh, oh, right. And I, I asked him about story group stuff. Yeah. And he really uh, reinforced everything that the story group kind of says about themselves. Mm-hmm. But he almost even said it a little bit more clearly that there's so much more about the heart of the story yeah. than the continuity or the canon that they're really about. Like, is this true mm-hmm. to the character? Uh, right. And he brought up uh, a a pairing of characters that uh, this was in a bar, so I won't quote him because <laughs> he, did, he didn't tell me whether or not uh, this was something that I could share on a podcast. Right. But he's, he talked about a pairing of characters that it would be logical for them to be together that he wanted to show this story of their first encounter mm. and that the story group said, that's great. We're for sure going to do that. We just can't decide where, cause we have so many different storytelling opportunities. So we're just going to wait until what is the right exact time and place to share that thing that we're of course going to share. Mm. So I just wanted to be sure to share yeah. that story because it was just such positivity uh, from this writer about what the story group is doing. Right. And right. And they, and they do have a, not a, not a, Sense of sense of control is not the phrase, but you know what I mean. A sense of sense of purpose, yeah. A yeah. sense of having they know what they're doing there, and I know there's a lot of sometimes questions about well, what's the story group do? What does Kathleen Kennedy do? What's canon? What's not? And they 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 know what they're doing. Over yeah, there. and that they they're getting to the spirit of it and not getting obsessed with the little fiddly yes. stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's part of it too about what's there. What's that? Was that is that X-wing model there? That's that's fine. That could be appear in the visual dictionaries. Yeah, but let's get some good <laughs> stories out there first. Well, as uh, that's exciting. Uh, again, I wish I watched Doctor Who to, enough to go there. 
Oh, you can he, still go. I can still go. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I just show up as like a as a random old Jedi? And uh, be... I'll be really honest. Yeah. I spent most of the weekend talking to people dressed in Doctor Who costumes about Star Wars. That seems that seems <laughs> yeah. fair. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's good. Gallifrey One. Maybe one day. Maybe I. It's. I'll, I'll definitely be there before Burning Man. <laughs> that, right. good. that one I know. <laughs> Me that too. One I, know. <laughs> I will see you never at Burning Man. Uh, I like my creature comforts. Yes, yes. I do. Uh, if they could move it to a Hilton, I'd be all right. <laughs> uh, as we always do, it's, here is a chance for us to catch up on Star Wars news, and there is a lot of it. A focus uh, a lot on Solo, which will also be our main discussion today. You know, what if Solo, the movie, and the character beat the odds, but Let's dive into that news, Jennifer. There's a lot in the Star Wars news galaxy. Yeah, well, you mentioned the Hilton. This is a new type of hotel, and you're going to want to start saving up those credits because the Star Wars Resort at Walt Disney World is going to be a complete immersive experience. According to the official Disney Parks blog, guests will depart for a multi-day Star Wars adventure by boarding a starship alive with characters and stories that will unfold around you during a voyage through the galaxy. And once you get to the resort... You become an active citizen of the galaxy. You can dress up in the appropriate attire. Every resort window will have a view into space. And if that isn't enough, because the resort is inside the park, when you step outside the hotel, you will be right in Galaxy's Edge. So basically, you will be living Star Wars. Is this kind of like Westworld? I kind of got that vibe. I'm like, okay, this is a bit much. (laughs) That's literally what I was thinking. It's so overwhelming. I want in. Yeah, yeah. I want it. Now, Joseph, you have done, have you done some murder mystery theater? Yes, I have. You, you mentioned that, right? Yeah. This sounds like this. Mm. This murder mystery Star Wars hotel theater. Yeah. I have done murder mystery. I have done uh, historical performances in museums. I did a walking tour of Minneapolis as the father of Minneapolis. <laughs> and all of these experiences, I've been going to all these Twin Peaks pop-ups in LA. Yeah. All of these experiences are fascinating to me because you can only go so far with being in the world. Yeah. What people have said to me when I did murder mysteries and when I did walking tours of like, I know you need to be the character, but seriously, could you just stop for a second? <laughs> I was always like, yes, of course. Yes, uh, yes. Absolutely, because I do not want to be that guy who's like, I'm sorry, sir, I cannot speak in modern terms. <laughs> what is a cellular phone? Yeah. Like, right. People only do want so much of that. So I can yes. see, like, you know, like if you've got a headache and you're just like, hey, where is the aspirin? Yes. You know, and you got some guy, you know, dressed as a, a little floating toy dairy and like, oh, what's an aspirin? And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you get went it. the space of pain pill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just give me the damn aspirin, toy yeah, aspirin. Oh, now, my gosh. Now, for you and I, Joseph, let's just say uh, we traveled down there. Uh, yeah. You with your lovely wife, me with my girlfriend. That would be a different experience. We'd have fun. We'd yeah. probably dress up. Jennifer, you have a family. <laughs> yeah. And though you are a giant Star Wars fan, I got to imagine, piggybacking off what Joseph is saying here, at some point you want to be like... Knock it off, BB-8. You're not a real droid. <laughs> yeah. I got a kid here. It, it, it's a lot. I don't even know if I'd be able to take her. Well, depending on uh, when I would be able to go, because yeah. this sounds incredibly expensive. Um, but yeah. It, well, take I, her college fund, because that's what you'll need. <laughs> right. I can, I can see how it might be almost a little bit scary to to be so immersed in this world. And like you're saying, I just I just need to go to CPK. Do you have just yeah. like a basic like family <laughs> restaurant where I can just... <laughs> I, no. just, I need that. I need those kind of touchstones, but it's pretty incredible. I, I, I'm excited for it. Um, it it's mind bending and mind blowing to me. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. so cool. But, but there are just certain, like, 
there's going to be a bathroom with a human toilet and toilet paper, right? That, I mean, exactly. Because right. you know, it's you, a refresher. It's yeah. a refresher. Three, three she- seashells. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, at, at some point, you do have to break the Star Wars reality. Yeah. And that's that's fascinating to me. I love that. Well, and, and looking out the room and you see space. Yeah, that's going to be disorienting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, when you, it's like we walk around like the Paris Hotel in, in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, you're, the, the seasons are changing. You know, Caesar's Palace. You look up and there's clouds and you walk outside and it's night. You're like, brain's like, whoa. Oh my gosh. But to actually go to sleep Looking at space, waking up, looking at space. Oh, yeah. that's so crazy. Yeah. Oh. But you know that there's going to be some cast members that will not let it go. Like oh, you're yeah. saying. I mean, you know, it sounds yeah. like it's their job, right? <laughs> right, right, right. But that that will well, be fun. And with Captain. Disney, you know, Jennifer. I oh, mean, there's I some know. strict rules. Yeah. Yes. You know, you take that Mickey head off, you're dead. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> they take you out back. Shot yeah. by a sniper. They toss yeah. you off the 55 freeway. Yeah. You are on stage. So yeah. you cannot. Yeah, you can't break the magic. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I do want to go because I oh, think, I think yeah. the magic will be powerful. I think they'll do an amazing job. And then the moments yeah. that are weird because the real yeah. world intrudes will be fun, too. I, I'm going yeah. to launch a Kickstarter to go. It's starting <laughs> at two million. Me, too. Me, too. Oh, well, speaking of spending credits, we already know Galaxy's Edge will have a Millennium Falcon attraction. But this week, we also learned that there will be a Toydarian market, oh, just like uh. the one we saw in The Phantom Menace. So Disney shared some of the plushes mm. that will be available at this market. And they include a Porg, Darth Vader, Chewie, Watto, and a Stormtrooper that actually kind of looked like Jin Erso's doll in Rogue One. Stormy? Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting because this Twitterian market reminds me of the Adventureland Bazaar yeah. uh, in Disneyland. So that was where I was like, oh, okay. Mm. It still is an amusement park. It still is a theme park. Yeah. This kind of like setup. It's yeah. not going to be like <laughs> total West World where I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh. I'm immersed in this world completely. Well, you know, and, and you guys can go back and catch our Star Wars rank with Mark Donica. We talked about things we need from the new Star Wars land, which at the time I don't think we knew it was Galaxy's Edge. Um, and we talked about, about about specific merchandise that can't be purchased elsewhere in the park. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Specific food that can only, because if, if you're promising this canon world, it, we want it a little bit more like Westworld, but it'll be weird if you go in uh, Galaxy's Edge gift shop and you're buying like a Beauty and the Beast plush. <laughs> right. You know, I know they're yes. showing all this Star Wars stuff. Mm, good, good question. Yeah, but yeah. those plushes, uh, I think, are available elsewhere. I believe that Chewy mm. p- plush is uh, what I refer to as uh, rough effing night Chewy uh, <laughs> that <laughs> is available at Target, whose fur is so matted that it just looks like he got drunk in Milwaukee and decided to go to Vegas at 2 a.m. Yeah. and just had a rough. Night leaving Kashyyyk, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and question here, yeah. You mentioned you said this Tordari market, like the one we've seen in Phantom Menace, yeah. That led some people to think that Watto was going to be there, right? Which, how I mean, uh, uh, which, uh, which wouldn't because that planet is canon, and we'd have to explain why Watto left Tatooine. Or it was oh, or before. just a Watto himself. I w- was thinking yeah. a Watto-like character. Well, that there was. I was talking about it again with actually uh, Donica this weekend. We were hanging out, and and he's under the pressure that made him think that Watto himself would be there. Oh, but, wow. but the way you Ace read character? it, I mean, uh, yeah, the way character? the way you read it, Jennifer, <laughs> makes it sound like it's like a Tordarian marketplace. Yeah, like the one in Phantom Menace. Not necessarily that old uh, old Watto's gonna. Be offending people. I will no. vote for old Watto because yeah. he's already looking rough in Attack yes. of the Clones. So, I mean, mm. full, gross flies. beard, yeah. you know, a nice little bowl hat. Yeah. Flies. Yeah. 
Maybe he'll be like on screens in the shop where you know, hey, buy some more. Uh, what are you gonna buy there? Yeah. This is like my that. grandson Bato. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know where the cast members, how they're yeah. gonna be dressed. Oh, this is I'm so excited yeah, for this. this. Is be awesome. oh, I can't wait. Uh, so if you're upset, speaking of Millennium Falcon, the Millennium Falcon looks different in the solo movie. There is a reason for that. This mm-hmm. new Millennium Falcon is partly based on Ralph McQuarrie's early development designs, but as a writer of the film, John Kasdan said, quote, a ship should always resemble its captain. Now, obviously, this blue and white version belonged to Lando, and so the sleek design reflects that. But with Han, he intentionally kept the interior or keeps the interior dirty and exposes the panels because it's safer to fly a piece of junk in the galaxy and go unnoticed. That's what they're saying is the in-story reason. Uh, oh, and if you're wondering about the tapered nose of the ship, you'll find out the reasoning behind that in the film. Although Entertainment Weekly <laughs> is teasing that the mandibles were always meant to hold something. Cargo mm-hmm. and other shit. Yeah, and then the toys are just blatantly saying things now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, well, yeah, yeah right? The toys, yeah, I so the, to, the toy news has been, yeah. And I think for some of our, our news here, we're going a little light on some of the just blatant yeah. things that are out there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I have to stay consistent to how I was talking about the story elsewhere. Um, I didn't read this article. I didn't read it again here because I legitimately just don't care. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> that the Falcon, because it makes sense to me. Yes. Like when I saw it, it's cleaner. Yeah. It's yeah. shaped different. Lando says, what did you do to my ship at Empire? This all makes sense to me. Yeah. And I still think the thing we saw in Revenge of the Sith Mm. is still this Falcon. Yeah. It still can be. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the cool things in this article, I think, where they're talking about, like, this ship changes. It has a long history and confirming that people had it before Lando. Right. And people have it right. after Han, mm-hmm. which that, that's just really interesting storytelling. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and again, showing that this is a this is a character, Jennifer. The Millennium Falcon is a character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised at the uproar over it, although I wasn't surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thing, uh, and we talk when we talk about the story group and this and that that people get bogged down. Yeah. Well, but uh, the Sith, uh, the Revenge of the Sith cameo. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. Just yes. don't worry about it. Yeah. Lando's got it now. It's a party bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's, it's his a pedal style. pub in space. Yeah. So there is. Uh, yeah. There's going to be obviously new canon that will be released along with Solo. Um, so it's not being dubbed Journey to Solo, but mm. they are releasing a ton of new Solo-inspired books. We're getting a five-issue Lando comic series that tells the story right before the events in Solo. There will be a YA novel that focuses on Han Solo and Kira's relationship as teenagers. Mm. There are a lot of fun books for kids, you know, activity books, coloring books, uh, sticker books. But the, one of the most anticipated books is Last Shot by uh, Danielle Jose Older. Older. Mm-hmm. Uh, this novel connects three eras in the lives of Han Solo and Lando Calrissian. So we go from the events before the Han Solo movie, focusing on Lando and L337, to the events between Solo and A New Hope, focusing on Han, Chewie, and Sanastaros, mm-hmm. to post-Return of the Jedi, focusing on Han, Leia, and Ben Solo. It sounds incredibly yeah. ambitious, but I feel like they're going to fill in a lot of gaps Am- with this novel. Ambitious is the word. I mean, yeah. Joseph, this is this is a lot of big reveals, possibly big yeah. answers. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that approach because it it immediately suggests conflict because what mm-hmm. we know of these two characters is that their perspectives on each other in the galaxy are constantly changing, right? And that they're kind of frenemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So the, that that is really exciting to me. Yeah, and then I mean, the 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 
Han, Leia, Ben. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, when I saw the cover, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it makes sense. And the adventure's right before. Oh, no, this is going all the way. Yeah. And Saint of Sorrows. Now, it's also interesting because we've talked about would they make more solo films after this? Mm-hmm. So right now you're squeezing that story gap there. If between Solo and A New Hope, we're already yeah. going to have a book about it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely think that that is a, a, an issue with this book. But it also says to me, like, I like seeing them being experimental with the book structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it easily could have just been another adventure that Han and Lando had that one time. So this right. is super cool to me. Well, this is why, uh, you know, we talk about wanting a Count Dooku book. Yeah. Give me Dooku as a Padawan with Yoda. Give me Dooku training Obi-Wan. And give me a Dooku form in the Separatist uh, yeah. uh, Alliance. Mm. Yeah. Characters walking yeah. through that history and touching all yeah. those eras. Yeah. Mm. Be great. I like it. Okay. Well, one of the best parts about getting a new Star Wars film is all the toys. Amen. Some of the toys that will be released in time for Solo, A Star Wars Story, include a Nerf Glow Strike Han Solo Blaster, <laughs> a Kessel Run Millennium Falcon for $99 that features the new old tapered nose on the ship. Uh, there will also be a new millen- uh, new Lego Millennium Falcon set for $169 that features <laughs> Han, Chewie, Lando, Kira, and a Kessel Droid. Little mini oh, figures. Buy it. I know. <laughs> but the toy that has captured so many of our hearts is Hasbro's adorable ultimate co-pilot Chewie. The talking <laughs> doll stands at 16 inches tall and features more than 100 sound and motion combinations. I saw a video of it, and you guys, <laughs> it's so interactive. You can pet his little head, and he growls. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't take Jennifer, it. Jennifer, you need to get your hands on one of those oh. and become. Chewy Mom 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 My daughter's gonna freak out. Are you guys gonna get it? What'd you think of it? I, I, uh, you, I have you, not watched the video yet oh. because I was looking at the other toys. I apologize. Ah, I apologize. I'm stuck in my ways. I will go home immediately after this recording <laughs> yeah. and I will watch it. it. Somebody posted this on my Facebook page today yeah. of like, you need to see this. And yeah. So yeah, I will. I'll definitely take a look. I, I would definitely consider buying uh, a Chewy who talks to me. Yeah. $129. <laughs> that, that's all you need for I mean, emotional support. I almost bought the Porg one. I still might buy the Porg that squeaks. Yeah. yeah. Why not Chewy? Yeah. Looks uh-huh. great. All People have been asking, Ken, uh, the teasers for Solo got you more excited. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic still, blah, blah, blah. These toys came out. I was like, all in. Yeah. Give me this movie now. Yeah. This, I mean, it, this is how they work. This is how Kenner became so big. You know, they're, they're oh, you like space pictures? Put them in your hands, kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm still a kid at heart with this stuff. And the, yeah, and there is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of caution needed to read about uh, some of the toy reveals because the toys, yes. the yeah. toys are competing. We get all of our news about Star Wars now from uh, toy releases mm-hmm. and Bob Iger talking to other rich people. <laughs> That's the only way we know about Star it, Wars. You're, you're absolutely so right. True. Lego leaks have given us more of the biggest plot information <laughs> things going all these last three movies. Yeah, you're but absolutely right. All the figures look super yeah. exciting. And yeah. that Jabba's sail barge thing that's oh, that's cooking. Yes. You seen that? Uh, no. Yes. It's, it is a, uh, yeah, you know you've been traveling this weekend, Joseph. You've been having fun. Yeah. Drinking beers, talking Doctor Who. Look this up. It is a uh, four-foot-long Jabba's sail barge that you can put the figures inside. Mm-hmm. It's to scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this for Black Series? Uh, Hasbro, yeah. Putting wow. it together. Yeah. Um, that's like... We grew up in an era uh, where the G.I. Joe aircraft car- uh, carrier, oh, the USS yeah. Flag, was seven feet long, and that was the mythical toy that a lot of people heard of but never saw. <laughs> uh, I had one friend that had it, but I never saw it. He claimed <laughs> I never saw it. This might be this version for us. 
Yeah. Four foot long sails. So I'm clearing space now. Yeah. I want it. Getting rid of my we, TV. We need, a, we need to get a group storage space. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, exactly. we can go visit our toys. Yeah, we oh, do. my gosh. We do. Well, I, I did want to get your guys' opinion on the Black Series figures. Because yeah. io9 got the first look at the first four from uh, Solo A Star Wars Story. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's Han Solo, Landa Calrissian, Kara, and a new kind of trooper named, spoiler alert, uh, Imperial Range Trooper. Who looks very chic in a Sherpa-trimmed white leather jacket. Like a trench coat kind of thing. Did you guys see these? What did you think? Which one's your favorite? I, I love them. The yeah, mech, I, yeah, mech they look boots. Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and I, again, I, we're just kind of going spoiler light. There are yeah. You can read exactly what that trooper is and where he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't read that far. I haven't I read that Okay, good. Yeah, I'm, either, yeah, I'm being gentle. Yeah, so yeah. you can read exactly what, what that uh, trooper's deal is if mm. you want. But uh, all that matters is that trooper looks cool. And, of yeah. course, the internet lost its mind as well it should over the Lando figure. Yeah. yeah. That, that little cape and that little... Shawl thing. He's got, jaunty, he's got a jaunty scarf. I love yeah, it. Yeah, his. Want I understand it. you guys all have your big clunky. Now, there's something about it. Uh, this is my Midwest roots. Of yeah. he is uh, dressed for the winter, but it's not going to slow down his style. No, and, I mean that's a challenge because everybody yeah. looks like a dumbass in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that. Come to think of it, I got to yeah. make that. Oh scarf. yeah. You got, you got to get on that. Yeah, yeah I got to get on that. You, you, you start selling them. I know. Darn it. Okay. I, gosh, they should start selling them. That's, they I'm should sure be a galaxy's edge. Yeah, it's just like the, <laughs> the pork stuff. Yeah. You know? I want a Toydarian market that is just Lando's clothes. Yeah. yeah All yeah. Lando's clothes. Yeah. So the last story we're going to end on uh, is a story in Entertainment Weekly about the man who gave us Star Wars in the first place, George Lucas. EW's Anthony Bresnikin tells this beautiful story about how... Ron Howard's experience on George's American Graffiti came full circle as he was directing Solo. You guys, if you haven't read it, you got to check it out. Um, But the big reveal is that George Lucas visited Ron Howard while he was directing Solo and stayed for five hours. It was supposed to be like a quick little, you know, hey, uh, five (laughs) hours. Uh, He also gave Howard some advice. Like, just trust your instincts. And he also gave a suggestion on a small moment in the film. Mm. So you can kind of say George helped direct a very small part in Solo. Did, did you guys read? Obviously, you guys read this. This is yeah, so beautifully yeah. written, right? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. About, yeah, Ron Howard's experience of hearing George describe what Star Wars was going to be. Yes. And going, great, weird, I can't yeah. picture that. And then it comes out, it's like, oh, it's exactly what George said it was going to be. I just didn't believe him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and you, powerful. You could forget the the connection and roots of, of Howard and Lucas. Go all the way back to American Graffiti. Oh, obviously, we know Willow. That's, yeah, it was a nice reminder of that. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. How deep the connection is and yeah i just uh, i love that this is a great journalism to me because it doesn't give anything away but it gets you pumped for the movie right. and mm-hmm. creates this fun easter egg game of what little moment it sounds like uh, i believe the article says george said what if han just did this yeah and right. ron ran that by down and was like hey everybody let's try this yeah and i liked it so so we cool. all get to watch for a moment of when Han does little thing. Like, mm-hmm. is that a George Lucas choice? That's pretty yeah. cool. I love it. Yeah, and and, and uh, this this caused a lot of George Lucas to direct Obi Wan conversations, <laughs> and <laughs> him allegedly on a scouting location, scouting uh, trip, all the stuff in Belfast, all those things. I don't think George will ever direct another Star Wars film, but I love that George is comfortable enough. To come on back. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be great if it could get to that level where there are certain movies where he just pops on the set and says, hey, what if? And doesn't feel frustrated, but it's just 
fun and breezy for him. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And, and there's very there's a clear kind of line between the saga films and him, seven yes. and eight and nine. He doesn't seem to want to have a lot to do with that. But Rogue One, he was very complimentary of. Now here. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? That's well, that. That is the news for now. That's our catch-up on news. There is a lot of news as we race towards Han Solo uh, in the, uh, theaters. We're going to get a lot more. We'll try to catch up. We love just getting together and being able to discuss the news with you guys there. We mentioned it up top, but I want to remind you guys, for listeners of the Four Center Podcast, Audible is offering a free audio book download with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. We talk about these solo books coming out. Uh, Jennifer, you're in traffic a lot. You want to listen in a car, that's what you can do. And we're also, Joseph, recommending uh, an official book yes. today. This is our recommendation, Ahsoka. Yay. Yes. The book. That's not the actual title, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the Ahsoka novel, if you haven't got a chance to read it or listen to it, rather, in this case, uh, it's read uh, by Ashley Eckstein, and it, so it sounds uh, like Ahsoka, and there's just so much going on in this book. It's, it, it's such uh, an interesting time in the Star Wars story, so I think it's a really good one for people to check out. So much great new lightsaber canon, so many things that make this book exciting. Absolutely. Written by E.K. Johnston. You can download your free audiobook. Today, go to audibletrial.com slash force center. That's audibletrial.com slash force center. Check it out and help support the podcast. Let's get to our main topic, Joseph. We are going to be taking a look at the solo film. Now, we know we've discussed it here. Jennifer, there's been times when you've sat across <laughs> from me at this table and been like, I don't know. Yeah. Solo film. Joseph, you and I, you know, we've generally been excited. We, we have our questions. We want our Obi-Wan movie. And then it, the trailers come out. And some people were super excited. Some people dubious. And a lot of people love it, but, hey, cautiously optimistic. But what if this movie is an absolute smashing success? And what does that term, success, mean for this movie? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was always cautiously excited, and now I'm just punch it, Chewy. Uh, <laughs> I think the movie is going to be good, and I think even if it fails in parts, I think it's going to fail in interesting ways that give us lots to think about and talk about. So I, for myself, have very little fear. Uh, yeah. But what I'm really interested in is what if, regardless of how people feel about it, mm-hmm. what if it just destroys at the box office? Right. Because I think right now, people have reasonable expectations. And I think I have pretty reasonable expectations that it'll do like Rogue One or maybe even a little lower. It's in the summer. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting for me to think of, like, will it change the course of anything with fan opinion, with Lucasfilm choices, if it just destroys the box office? Mm. Right. Right. Money, 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 Jennifer. And yeah. it, Joseph mentioned it. It's in a different time period, May. Yeah. Uh, this, that's where Star Wars belongs, but the landscape has changed. Deadpool 2, Avengers Infinity War. I think people are still going to be watching Black Panther, even in uh, <laughs> yes. a couple months. They're just going to want to see it again there. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of competition. This isn't December, which is the new Star Wars time. So I guess Joseph's question, Jennifer, big time money. Mm-hmm. Where does your mind go? Once, if that's what happens, I, I, I don't want to say I have a hard time believing it's going to be a smash hit, like mm-hmm. on the level of obviously the saga films or Black Panther right. or some of the Avengers films. I don't, I just don't see it. I think the only way, how, what it would take to make that happen would be like incredible word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I think that the hardcore, the Star Wars fans are going to show up. 
I think. Mm-hmm. I think that the nor the you know not the normal people, <laughs> call them the norms. My we're parents. Normal. <laughs> we're normal. Yeah. The, the casual uh, people that kind of know about Star Wars. I think that they may be like, eh, all right, kind of ambivalent. But yeah. if they hear that this is a must see event, like how people are talking about with Black Panther, you have to see this. Then that drives the numbers up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that uh, if the movie has a whole lot of Lando. That is a thing that could push it. Yep. Because mm-hmm. people are already so excited about Lando. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. people are even like, oh, I get it. He's not doing a Harrison Ford impression. Doesn't I don't think he looks like him, sounds like him, people right. might say. But, hey, he's really fun. But, like, you know what? Lando it kills this movie. I think some of that enthusiasm for mm-hmm. seeing more of that character might drive sales. Yeah. So, so I, let me go back to kind of the beginning of this, Joseph. What do you think success is for this movie? What do you mm. think it has to be? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think the, it will probably do around 150 because it is that's my opening, yeah. opening weekend. Like, I yeah. think that's the safe estimate because it is a Star Wars movie. Yeah. But we're living in this new tentpole world where things constantly surprise. Yeah. Everybody expected Jurassic World to do great. Nobody yeah. expected it to be at that time record-breaking. Right. Same thing with Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Black Panther, that it was right. predicted to do insanely well by matching something right. like Civil War instead of destroying Civil War's record. Right. And then I looked at the actual release schedule, because we keep talking about this summer. Right. Yeah. So Deadpool opens the week before, mm-hmm. so there'll still be some Deadpool strength in the theater that opening right. weekend. Mm-hmm. But then after that, mm-hmm. it Solo basically has two weeks that are basically in the clear That's for it. this kind of blockbuster. I believe the the next weekend there's like a comedy from like the the mm. not the not, I can't remember what they are like some the people who put on stunts and it's a jackass like <laughs> movie. Yeah. That's not what it is, but it's like <laughs> hey, do you want to see an adventure in space or do you want to see some people in college make other people yeah. look like jerks? Like yeah. a movie like that, I think Oceans Eight is uh, coming out the following weekend, but it's got like two clear weekends until the next huge genre thing is Incredibles 2. Oh. So it has more elbow room than I think we maybe think. That's some good facts there, Jennifer, because, uh, you know, I'm used to talking about movies on YouTube and all that kind of boring stuff. And you've got, you know, when I say Avengers, but that's before, that's early May, Mm -hmm. uh, Deadpool, look, I love the first Deadpool. I think it's going to kill. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Sequels are tough. This isn't Deadpool two to me isn't a normal superhero Guardians two type situation. This this could go wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could come out of the the, the reviews and the weekend going that eh, Deadpool two is okay. I'm definitely going to see Solo right. next week. So Joseph's right, Jennifer. There, it has a, a a period of time where it can dominate. It does have a period of time. I think for what I've been seeing uh, amongst people that I follow, the biggest hurdle seems to be Alden Ehrenreich himself as right. Han Solo. Yeah. People are, and like you're saying, Lando, people are going to want to go see Lando because they're they're loving his uh, Donald Glover's portrayal of him just in these few clips that we've seen. But Alden Ehrenreich has a huge, a huge uphill battle. Some, you know, he's... He's attractive, but he's not Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. there's there is something you know special about Harrison Ford, obviously because he embodied this character for so long. That I think, I don't know. I I kind of wonder if the casting had gone a little way, if it would have been more of a, oh my gosh, I got to see this guy right, in this right. film. I think people were like. That's, he doesn't really look like. I, I that, I'll close my eyes a little bit. Okay, you it's, know. It's the big question. It's the big question, Joseph. We can't deny this, and yeah. and I think uh, I think some of the notes 
we've made and you put forth on our breakdown of the trailers and stuff during the Super Bowl of, hey, he's got the, the characters there in terms of the, the you know, confident mumbles and security. Yeah. All that kind of stuff <laughs> is, is Han. I really think he's got Indiana Jones down. Yeah. He stands like Indiana Jones at one point there. He's got a lot of that down because he's an actor. Yeah. Aaron Reich's a good actor. And we look at, Jennifer, you mentioned Lando. Mm-hmm. He hasn't said one word yet and everyone's <laughs> no. on board. The two of them combined... I mean, Joseph, we might not be that. That's the big hurdle. We might not be worried about yeah. it. Well, yeah. What if their yeah their Christmas is just yeah. fire would be mm. amazing yeah. if it, if a part of it is the best buddy picture ever. I think if the way that uh, it, it appears that we are probably going to get Han actually rescuing Chewie, I think that's right. a decent guess, right. uh, a decent assumption at this point. If that's incredibly moving, if that pulls at your mm-hmm. heartstrings, it successfully uh, uh, capitalizes on our long relationship with Chewbacca. I think mm. that could turn. Yes. Oh, and I yeah. think a big part of this, the box office success, yeah. uh, the conversation has so much become about the second weekend. Yeah. Right. Because Han Solo will do 150 and maybe mm-hmm. it will blow people's minds and do 200, which is right. rare, but possible. Possible. The conversation, thanks to big things like uh, Batman v Superman stumbling, is the second weekend. Yeah. Mm. So I think the fact that the second weekend is opening, mm. uh, is open and doesn't have a lot of competition, I yeah. feel like even if the debate is everybody is talking about do you buy Alden or not, that could really drive second weekend numbers, and that uh. would change the narrative of the success of the movie if mm-hmm. the second weekend is 100. Uh, you're right. You're yeah, right. That, that might be... What the term success means for this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. Big weekend. It's going to have a big weekend. But if, if you come out of it and people are saying, Jennifer, don't worry. I saw it. Aaron Reich's great. Yeah. Lando is great. Mm-hmm. Kira, we didn't need dragons. She's all right. <laughs> and that second weekend. Yeah, that might be what I, because it's, it's hard to define, yeah. right? Last Jedi killed the box office. We all love it. Some people don't. Some people hate it. So it's success in a lot of factors that are just on paper. Money, 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 all that kind of thing. So Solo's going to have some money, but it's that second weekend and then that word of mouth combining up there. And if it holds just for three weeks or so until Incredibles, yeah, I think we're okay. Absolutely. I think we're okay. And if that story hits, if it's a Star Wars story that we can get behind, and I, that's where I'm excited. I really think the Kasdans have found a, a story that, that was worth telling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just a fun summer movie. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it there. Let's get some on-the-record predictions for opening weekend. Oh, Ooh, yeah. All right. All right. Jennifer's okay. getting out a calculator. Oh, no, she's just checking the text message. She wants us to <laughs> no, go first, Joseph. Um, right. I'll, I'll say it. I said it, uh, I said it on my Twitch stream, so I can't lie. It's out there. I said it will do around 150, so I will say... A one forty three opening weekend. Ooh, yeah, nice, wow, okay. nice. Uh, I'm I okay. I'm gonna give a specific dollar amount. Love it. <laughs> Love I'm it. gonna predict one hundred and sixty three thousand two hundred and seventy million. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, oh. not, uh, yeah, thousand. That does. Yeah, million. Yeah. Million. Yeah. Okay. All right. So one sixty three, roughly. There was some change there, Jennifer. One forty three. One sixty three. Uh huh. I'm looking at the opening weekend of Rogue One. Okay. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a little bit less. And what was Rogue One? Like 155. Okay. Mm. So I'm gonna say 149. Okay. <laughs> like so, interesting. Right. so I'm coming in the lowest Dollar. here. 
I'm coming in the lowest, despite me buying all those troopers. You, mm. Did you say one? I said 143. 143. All yeah. right. Wow. All right. Yeah. 143. Yeah. 143. 143. Um, I'm going to buy a lot of those toys to make it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think it's good. So those are, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We don't have long to wait. No. We don't have long to wait, kids. We're almost there. Um, this, though, this concept of Star Wars anthology films. Uh, seems so great at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Rogue One, we're going to get something about the, you know, that opening crawl. There's a story in there. And then we're going to get Solo. Then we're going to get Boba Fett, right? Josh Trank's on board. And things have changed. Things have changed. <laughs> the Trank thing, people, it's amazing. That was the biggest drama in the world at the time. And that's just a it's blip a on the radar. quiet screen. little thing. Yeah. And now we got Dan and Dave series. We got Ryan Johnson series. We got this, is Obi-Wan actually happening or not? So the, the two-part question here, Joseph. Uh, do you think... Obi-Wan is happening and is going to be announced soon. And do you think Disney is rethinking the standalone anthology films at all? Yeah, I think they're definitely rethinking them. I think Obi-Wan is still uh, set for 2020, Mm -hmm. and they're waiting for the right time to announce it. Yeah. Uh, And I think the right time would be right after Han Solo was really, really successful. Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they are... Clearly, by having Ryan Johnson do a new trilogy mm-hmm. and uh, Dave and Dan do a series of films that, even from just a marketing perspective, I think they're mm-hmm. thinking about it is better to have a series of movies where you can sell the idea and then you just want to see the next one. Yeah. Much more of the MCU model of mm-hmm. it's all in the same world, mm-hmm. but maybe you got a really hardcore Captain America fan. Right. Maybe you got a really hardcore now Black Panther fan who will see the Black Panther sequels, but don't really need to see if there's another Thor movie. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a little bit, that's a little bit easier, and it seems to maybe, it won't, I think, excite that same constant debate among hardcore fans of, yes, I want that solo film. No, I don't want that solo film. And by right. solo film, I don't mean solo. So, I mean what yeah. the word solo means here on our planet Earth. <laughs> Standalone, I should have Standalone. said. Standalone. I've run into that problem, too. The solo, solo film. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jennifer, your thoughts on where Disney might go after this. And I always say this. We're not in those meetings. Right. Um, we, we don't know the big picture. We're, we're not there unless you're on a call with Bob Iger. Um, but <laughs> solo... It's going to make some money. (laughs) I just suddenly got the picture of Jennifer, like, with a a fake mustache, sneaking in, (laughs) sneaking into that boardroom meeting to get us our Bob Iger news. Yeah, like Kermit the Frog doing trench coat. Sneaking in with a trench coat and a mustache. I am a journalist. I am said journalist. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm Nancy Newspaper. I kind of want to do it. Yes. Um, Weigh it on this here. I think you're right. I think Mm. that they are rethinking the standalone model. I think that. The fans are like, exactly that. I want this. I want that. They're like, okay, wait, hold on. (laughs) Let's rein this back. And more importantly, I think that the model of movie making has changed where you want to leave it open for sequels and prequels and a series of films like you're talking about with the MCU. So I do, we could get a Kenobi film. I'm not 100% sure, but I tell you what would drive people to go see Solo is if they sh- if they announce it or they do like some sort of little trailer teaser whatever of Kenobi that's uh. only in theaters. Uh. You have to go see it in the movie theater. From a specific point of view, <laughs> from <laughs> only this point of view. Can yeah. you get- that's amazing marketing yeah. of like everyone would go see it though, Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen, but happen. you know. But the the idea of standalone <laughs> films <laughs> It seems like it's George's favorite idea. Yeah. He yeah. wanted to do this, we're hearing, we hear. 
I think that's what Kathleen says. Now, whether or not she says that when she's up against the wall and against a firing squad going, George wanted this. Well, I mean, Kasdan, Lawrence Kasdan said yeah. it recently that yeah. it was already in development with George before yeah. he sold. Yeah. The Han Solo movie. So there, there is something in Star Wars DNA about separate stories. Yeah. Individual stories. So I, I, for one, want this to go on. I don't roll my eyes. I don't think anyone here at this table rolls their eyes. And I know sometimes people want us to be more critical. So, all right. I don't want there to be a General Veers movie. All right. Um, but I... I I've never rolled my eyes at the concept of a Job Underworld movie mm-hmm. or, you know, the young Count Dooku. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, I, even uh, you get Millie Bobby Brown as a younger Leia, all those rumors. All, I, I, this is almost more, I must say this, almost more interesting to me than a new trilogy by Ryan Johnson. And I love Last Jedi. It's not a Ryan Johnson comment. I love Game of Thrones. Not a Dan and Dave comment. Old Republic or something like I'd I'd, I'd be fine yeah. sticking with this kind of format. Does it, the, the, does Disney dig their heels in, Joseph, if this solo thing is a success? I think they, yes. I, I don't think they dig their heels in, but I think they are, in my mind, they are cartoonishly do, 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 do backing, backing away. away from the standalones, and I think they might turn around. And just mm-hmm. for, for future, yeah. anytime Joseph goes, do, 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 he also includes his hands. <laughs> the cartoon, <laughs> cartoon back away. Do, do, do. Uh, you know what? But a, a thing that occurred to me as you were describing it is uh, that maybe since they have announced that they are doing movies as a part of their streaming service, mm. that maybe that's a good home for standalones. I know we had a fan write in and, mm. and, and, and remind us that maybe we should consider that, that that's where Dan and Dave's movies will be as well because mm. they said it it uh, is movies. And it, you know, when I first hear that, I think I have my older media mind where, like, yeah, Star Wars is not a direct to stream. Like, oh, direct to yeah. streaming doesn't mean a damn thing. The Big yeah. Sick, which is nominated for an Oscar for its screenplay, is technically Amazon Prime made that. That's right. an mm-hmm. Amazon movie. And you got things that are direct to Netflix that are up for big time rewards or rewards, yeah. awards. Awards. Uh, so at this point, it's almost a better way to cater to people of like, hey, do you want to see a Jab of the Hut gangster movie? I know your grandma's not going to go, but you're going to sit at home and you're going to stream the hell out of it. Yeah. You, you, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I saw, I saw that comment from someone, uh, I forget. I wish we yeah, give them credit. I, Apologize. If it's you tweet us again. Um, I forget about the, the movies on streaming. Yeah. And you're right. That actually would be a great home for you like Jabba. Here's a movie about him. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about opening weekends and everything. It's just sign up for a service. That would that might be more. I don't know. I think Dan and Dave are going into the theaters. I think their thing's going to be too big. Yeah, it just seems like that they would want it after being the biggest thing on the small screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they would just want to be on the big screen. Right. Yeah. But you know, again, but maybe not. But maybe not because if you're Disney and going, hey, we want to make movie like quote television you know content those yeah. those would be two of the guys who do it Jennifer yeah you get a new Ewok adventure but it's on Disney streaming a full 2 hour movie Gosh. <laughs> you Make on board it yes yes i think that i think it takes away the pressure it mm-hmm. eases the pressure a little bit i think part of the problem with the standalone films is the exact reason that people are pro- you know finding mm-hmm. problems with Alden Ehrenreich well he's not Han Solo he doesn't look anything like Han Solo it doesn't sound so it's like if we want to do these great standalones like a Kenobi or a Jabba film or whatever Padme 
or I'm not right. Padme. Unknown characters that are yeah. just like in a place in time. Like, yeah, yeah, we've talked about random Clone Wars adventures, right. all, all this stuff. All that stuff. Witches of Death Mirror, you know, Night Sisters, give that to me. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> you can do that and you have more free reign. There's more room to, to play with. I think it's not, <laughs> uh, I'm sure people will still find fault with it. But yeah. I think it just it opens it up and gives something for everyone. It it be it is a weird little thing where we are now with our media times are changing. But yeah, you put you put it on a small screen, even mm-hmm. if you have some a big home theater, your the pressure on it seems like it'd be less. Yeah. Seems like it. I don't know. Star Wars fans can sometimes put too much pressure on things, but with good reason, we want it to be good. Right. Mm. Right. Man, we just, did we just stumble onto the future of Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Possibly. A possible, possible Star Wars future uh, stumble. As we round this uh, conversation, uh, around, take it around the bend here, Joseph. You, you talked about the MCU model. Jennifer, yeah. you talked about some cool marketing there. Um, I, we hear that a lot. Because Marvel has killed it. Mm-hmm. They have Feige at the top. They have this plan. Sometimes it's cookie cutter, at least to someone like me. But then something like Black Panther comes out and re- reignites and reinvigorates a lot of people's interest in the Marvel model because it brought something new, brought a personality and a perspective. So uh, I can't say that that's a bad way to look at it. I'm still fine with directors doing their own thing and let's make sure some of the things connect. I, I want more, but I don't need it all to connect. But I think I'm more in the minority these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think it, uh, Star Wars can't replicate MCU narratively because it's a, it's a, it just a gold mine where they're pulling directly from the comics that yes. should connect, that do connect, that in already, it's not like somebody looked at like, oh, Black Panther and Captain America. They're kind of the same on the page. How we change them for the screen? They're bringing the truth of the pages yeah. onto the screen. And to me, that's what's going to, that element is what should translate to Star Wars of, there's the truth of Jabba's world. Mm-hmm. It's an underground world that's, you know, uh, controlled by all of these bounty hunters and just kind of gross interplanetary politics. And, yeah. you know, what, what kind of suffering is going on there? And just like, you tell that story truly the way it is, pluck it out of Return of the Jedi and make it its whole own thing. Right. That, that to me is the, the way to go. The question is structurally, yeah. how do you do that? And I yeah. think that's one of the big things that will be decided by Han's success. Because mm-hmm. I think if it's a huge success, I think there is a possibility that they're like, let's. If they've left the room, maybe they do another Han movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a huge possibility yeah. that a Lando movie will be greenlit within seconds yeah. yep. of this film being released. If he is anywhere near, if he's half as amazing as we feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think a Lando movie is a good possibility. Absolutely, Jennifer. That scarf alone. Oh my gosh. That scarf alone. I think Joseph's right. We in this discussion of should Star Wars be like MCU stuff? You forget that there's fifty to seventy-five years of comics to pull from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars has all that. And maybe we were promised that. Hey, new canon. It's all gonna connect, except for on the big screen. We'll throw a compass in there. <laughs> um, where do you stand on this? Do you want it more connected? Do you want to see in one movie? Hey, there's an X-Wing. Why is it flying left? And then another movie, the X-Wing flies left for a reason. How, how connected do you want this? I don't know. I feel like I, I'm in the minority with this one where I just don't, I just, I just want to be entertained. And if you give me a good movie, if you give me a good book, I'll buy into it. I'll find some way to rationalize it, even if it doesn't quite. I mean, there's some continuity that obviously, even with canon and things that, that have to be true to the characters, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I just, I would rather them have fun with the stories and the characters than to be like, well, we have to do this because this corresponds with this and this makes logical sense that we're going to tell this story. It's like, no, this, this is artistry. Let it let it be 
I don't want it to become a traditional superhero kind of model. Yeah. Where I can yeah. know what to expect every single time. Where it does feel kind of cookie cutterish for me. It, you know? I, I've I've said this before. I'm gonna I have a habit of repeating, all right. Uh, I apologize, but but the director of Spider Man Homecoming, John Watts, told one of my friends, told directly in a text, Oh no, I'm not as busy these days because I walk on set and it's all laid out for me. Wow. Um, that is probably him exaggerating a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I don't want that. I want no. Ryan Johnson to walk on set. Now, you know, mm-hmm. I, looking at Black Panther, I, I don't think Ryan Coogler walked on set. And right. Feige was like, I've got your dailies here. Uh, here we go. Here's your stuff. Um, and, and I'm sure with Spider-Man Homecoming, that wasn't, again, 100% accurate. But the tone was there. Yeah. And there's that Sony you know? convolution, too. That that's yes. their first one, bridging that gap. Yeah. That sensitive yeah. politics there. Yeah. The, but that's what I, I don't want to hear anything about with Star Wars. Me and neither. we definitely didn't get that. With, for better or worse, we didn't get that with Ryan Johnson. No. Or J.J. Yeah, you know, exactly. so that's I think we want to feel a little more rewarded for the comics, a little more rewarded for those things. But we want the stories yeah. to work. And that's what I think. Going back to Solo to close it all out here, Joseph, this movie, I think is going to surprise some people. I think so, too. I don't think there's some talk at the old Doctor Who convention this weekend about like, is Solo going to do that prequel thing where it just answers questions we, we didn't ask? And <laughs> I think. I think no. I think it's mm-hmm. going to surprise us. Even though we see some things that we've heard about, I think just like that Falcon, nobody could have predicted it was going to look different. Yeah. And I think we're going to have a lot of moments like that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Jennifer, yeah. we're going to turn to you at the end of the movie and be like, Alden, yay or nay? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pressure's on you now. I can't wait. I'm excited. I think he's going to kill it. I do. I'm going to put on a pair of mech boots and be there <laughs> as soon as I can. Well, that is our discussion about Han Solo and the Solo, a Star Wars story movie. Never tell Solo the odds. Let's see if the character and the movie can sync up and overcome the odds, much to C-3PO's chagrin and doubt. (laughs) You guys let us know what you're anticipating, what you're thinking this term success means for the solo movie. Let us know at hashtag ForceCenter on Twitter. Now, though, let's go to audience questions. Good participation, Joseph. (laughs) Yeah, we got a lot of great questions last time I put the call out, so we're going to get to as many as we can. We've got uh, first up from Facebook, uh, Kane Martin says, I love when Star Wars really dives into other genres. The Zillow Beast arc in Clone Wars comes to mind as I am a huge fan of kaiju films. How would you feel about a book, comic, show, or even movie touching on the subgenre of giant monsters? And what other genres would you guys like to see highlighted in future Star Wars content? Mm. Uh, Ken. Great question, Kane. Great question, Kane. Uh, The Zillow Beast arc is pretty popular in Clone Wars. I know a lot of people that love it. I love the hell out of it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And we got the... uh, even even uh, is that a Zillow beast in Solo with the the big tentacles oh, yeah. and everything? People thought about that. Be cool. Um, it would work. As as I was listening to you read this question, uh, I, I changed my my answer when I read this earlier on our notes. I was like, ah, I'm I'm not a big monster person, so I the Zillow beast arc is is fine for me. But I, I give me something else, right? But that's just how I take in Star Wars. But then I realized Star Wars and big monsters. They go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. You know, look at that good old Rancor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that Rathtar, like it or not. Uh, Borg Gullet. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly what you're thinking. Um, so I, I would be interesting to see like a like a book 
focus on the hunt for something, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, what I love about the Zillow Beast arc is that it is that reminder that George Lucas was constantly looking to other subgenres, as Kane said. Yeah. And I mean, it is a kaiju story. It's also got really specific elements of the King Kong story of, like, I'm going to cruelly contain this beast and yes. take it to an urban environment that it's not supposed to be in. Yeah. Uh, and Star Wars has always done a, such a great job of taking those kind of direct inspirations and molding them into the Star Wars world. So I want to see big monsters for sure. I'm not sure if I want to see like big, like Star Wars mech, like little humans in big mech armor. Cause that yeah. seems a little too direct. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I would love to see genres. And I think just tying into the conversation we're just having, I, I'd love to see uh, you know, the young Padme movie or, you know, yeah. old Jabba, whatever. Uh, but I do, I just want to see genres movies. Mm-hmm. I want to see a Star Wars horror movie, whatever yeah. that means. I want to see a Star Wars comedy movie, whatever that means. Hmm. How do you feel, Jennifer? Agreed. Yes, absolutely. And on the subject of giant monsters, I would love to see a Guillermo del Toro oh, yeah. monster Star Wars film. I think that would be really cool. The Shape of Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I think that's part of the fun of the streaming service is that you, you can open it up to other genres and we can get that zombie Star Wars film Ooh. that I want to see. Um, let's hope that they that they try it out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Lando wants them Star Wars zombies. <laughs> uh, next up, we have a question from Kyle Yazzie. If you could taste one piece of food or drink from Star Wars just once, what would you choose? Jennifer, do you know what you want to drink or eat? Raised portion bread. Ooh. I love bread. I am a bread <laughs> connoisseur. I sounded like Oprah. Bread. Um, <laughs> and it just looks so moist and delicious with like kind of a, I don't know. Oh, and how quickly it like <laughs> it rose. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yum. That's a good one. Uh, you know what? Cause we, t- there's not a lot, a lot of food in star Wars, no. right? It's not like game of Thrones, not like Indiana Jones snake surprise. My favorite food on film is in young guns too. When Pat Garrett <laughs> gives Billy the kid a, a plate of beans and cornbread. It's like my favorite. Every time I get oh hungry, every time I watch it, <laughs> salsa back is looking for me. No. Uh, so uh, great scene. Um, Ray, that, that's a good choice. Yeah. Blue milk, you want to kind of figure out. Um, I I don't know if green milk would be on my list. Blue. Uh, but I want to uh, try grilled stormtrooper. Oh, oh yeah, the the Ewok yeah. speciality. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like a I'll be like a Then in Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really should try stormtrooper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm really torn between trying Luke's rations. That mm. Yoda nibbles on fairly convincingly. Oh, that, oh that's a great answer because I'm a 7-Eleven crappy food box right. fan. Right, because, I mean, that's that is the answer. Lunchables of Star Wars yes, that, it is. that Luke has there. So that's tempting. My other choice would be, and I know there's a name for it, uh, but the, whatever Wu hair's uh, porn when Luke's yeah. just like, I'll have one of those. Because yeah. I love oh. it because it shows Luke's innocence of like, I don't know how to be at a bar. I don't know how to order anything. So just say to a bartender, I'll have whatever you are pouring. Now, oh yeah. Right. And it can't be good. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. yeah. I mean that, yes, I've been exact, the exact yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Captain and what's go? I'll have that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the great fun. question, Kyle. Very, very fun one. We'll probably do a full episode about the food and drink of Star Wars at some point. Yeah. Next we go to some questions from our Patreon. Uh, our patron Clayton Slent says for each member of the crew, which are your favorite? Maybe top three pieces of Star Wars music in the saga. Does a scene itself have to be great in order for us as a fandom to remember it as a great score? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, do you have uh, three or I do. more? I, fewer? Well, I, I have more. <laughs> 27? But I'll do three. So the Jedi Steps, the finale. Yeah. Oh my God. 
gosh. Because we were like, by the end, I'm like, where the heck is Luke? Okay, there he is. And just that sweeping, dun, 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 um, Imperial March, of course. And that doesn't connect to a necessarily specific scene, mm -hmm. but everyone knows it. You can, you know, you can just start, dun, 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 and somebody will finish it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that's iconic Star Wars. And of course, binary sunset, the force theme, mm -hmm. seeing Luke, that, and how that is woven throughout all of the music in Star Wars. It that to me, whenever I hear it, that's that's Star Wars. It takes me back to the first time I saw Star Wars as a kid. I get emotional every time I, I listen to mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A favorite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think like binary sunset for me is up there with the like if you could only ever hear one thing again in your life, like what could you not do without? Like the binary sunset is so yeah. part of me. And like in the Jedi Steps, you know, it's so great because it you know, sort of segues into that. It uses exactly. the, the new of Ray's theme mm -hmm. with the old of Luke's theme so, so beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, I want to give a shout out to uh, the Rogue One soundtrack mm. because people, uh, you know, are, aren't, uh, there's debate about it, as yeah. many things in Star Wars. I love the Jedi establishing music. It is kind of different for Star Wars, but it's also really, really uh, in the yeah. pocket for Star Wars. And it uh, establishes that sort of like, it sounds desolate yeah. and scary, but it also sounds haunting. Like this is a holy place. Like this is a holy place that you should be frightened to visit. Mm. It's so evocative. So I love that. Duel of the Fates is mm -hmm. basically, uh, you know, I, I hear that and I immediately am back to the time I had that playing with a fake lightsaber doing a comedy sketch is Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi going home to have pizza, <laughs> yeah. frozen pizza. Like, it, Duel of the Fates is, like, the standout of the prequels to me, uh, uh, yeah. for sure. And then final two little things. These are little cues. Uh, I was just thinking about this. I love two Anakin Vader cues in particular, the little small ones. In Attack of the Clones, right after Shmi dies... And he is making the choice to slaughter the Tusken Raiders. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I don't think they're actually violins. I don't know what they are, but there's a sound that I'm always like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. crazy violins of the, I, I can't even uh, do yeah. the impression, but they're just so great. They're the sound of somebody snapping and deciding to do something violent. Yeah. Mm. And it's so, it's so small, but it's so perfect. And then I've always loved the really haunting little Imperial March uh, in the background of Anakin. Yes passing away at the end of Return of the Jedi. Mm. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A very just sad little mournful version of the oh, Imperial March. yes, yes. At, 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 the, so at the very end of the Phantom Menace end credits. It's the last oh, yeah. beat. Yeah. It's really good. Yes, yeah. wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Well, this is like when people ask me, a lifelong Beatles fan, Ken, what's your top three Beatles songs? <laughs> um, all of them, all of them, all of them. But, uh, yeah, you got Jedi Steps. I've talked about that. I, I love it so much. The the Return of the Jedi throne room choral stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is to the question of, is this great scene have to go? Does yeah. it have to be a great scene to go? No, but that helps because it invokes. I see the visual. I, I start. Ooh, if I hear it, I get it in my head there. I've talked about ruminations from Revenge of the Sith, which is the low. I mean, yes. uh, Padme and Anakin stare at each other. Uh, Yoda's theme and Yoda's theme. I love Leia's theme. I love Binary Sunset. You're so right. That might be the one desert island track you take. Yeah. But going to um, uh, in, in The Last Jedi with the sacred Jedi text, when it invokes Yoda's theme, when Yoda shows up and then it kind of closes with that, ah, man, there's just something special about yeah. Yoda's theme. I love that. Um, and then um, I'll, I'll, uh, the opening of Revenge of the Sith, I, I, I think 
proof that not all the prequels don't get all the respect they deserve. That's a great opening scene and different sound. Yeah. It opened up here. It was militaristic. It was bombastic. It was different. And the final one, um, man, I got to tell you, some of Williams' best work is in The Last Jedi and The Spark. And the, the reworked version that was in the trailer, that mm, dum, bum, 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 so good. Bum, that, I, call it, I call it Luke's new theme. Yeah. Marching out. And yeah. That is absolutely one of my top 10 right now. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that music is basically like, and I will not be the last Jedi. That, yeah. Like, yeah. that slow defiance. Love That's so great. It's a great question. Thank you very much, Clayton. On to our final question from our Patreon patron, Ryan McKenna. In honor of the Olympics, do you think a similar thing would exist in the Star Wars galaxy? And what sorts of events do you think they would have? Also, how competitive do you think the interplanetary bidding would be for an event of that kind? <laughs> Ken, what are your thoughts? Depending on what era it's in i think the emperor might just decide yes you know or his conclave <laughs> of uh, uh sports enthusiasts or something i i uh yeah i think it's it's totally possible we talk a lot about what is the entertainment in the star wars galaxy well pod racing pod racing would absolutely be there racing is big there um so that would be I, i'd love to have some other specially created events though. yeah ronto mm-hmm. jumping <laughs> ronto vault yeah yeah, yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Hoth Olympics, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'd have to ride a tauntaun, almost like polo, you know, when you have some sort of mallet, you have to hit a ball. Right. Um, gosh, there's so there's so many possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you think they would kind of travel planet to planet sure. based on, yeah, so you, yeah. You, would, you would have not like just the summer and the winter, but you'd have the this environment. Like if there's a trooper for it, <laughs> you yeah. have that Olympics. Right. Exactly. You have right. the beach Olympics, the shore Olympics. Spaceship racing, too. Spaceship. The castle run, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I was imagining this in the New Republic era when they're trying to get the galaxy to come together again after mm-hmm. the uh, the Empire. So a couple of games that I thought would be fun is having an event uh, that's just who can dress up as an Imperial the best, like who can sneak through <laughs> yeah. wearing armor the very best. Uh, I don't know exactly what this would be, but just the title amused me of Untrained Lightsaber Combat. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Amateur lightsaber fencing. Yeah. It could be yep. bloody. Yeah, yeah, it'd be real, real, real rough. And then uh, my final serious one, because mm. this is a very serious topic, is uh, remotes, because mm. Han says on the Falcon, good against living is one thing, good against remotes is another. It's oh. clear that we, mm-hmm. we only in uh, on film have seen Jedi train with them, but they're clearly something that everybody who is a, a yeah. combatant of any kind Uses like a good like a melee. Yeah, yeah get in some sort of like fun. yeah tournament. Yeah, so that, I, I like think that would be cool. The, the remote contest. Wow, mm-hmm. great question, Ryan. Great questions from all of you guys there. And you can reach us a lot of different ways on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Like us there. We have merch. You can represent us at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. We have the new Ewok shirt and more designs on the way. We're brainstorming them. We got some cool ones in the works there, so stick around for that. Podcast is available in a lot of spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podomatic, Podomatic Mobile, and Patreon.com slash Force Center. We have hit some goals, Joseph. <laughs> that is right. We have unlocked a bunch of stuff, and it's coming. We'll be putting out some announcements on our uh, social media soon, but uh, you've helped us unlock a website that we're going to be introducing. Uh, later this very week, we are recording our audio commentary for the fan to menace that you made happen and very soon a brand new show from jennifer that is all coming very very soon and more as we set up more goals absolutely jennifer everyone's looking forward to your new show any hint any clue it's gonna be 
fun. It's going to be happy. A true celebration of Star Wars. Yay. Yay. That sounds perfect for us here <laughs> at Force Center. So that is it for this week. But Jennifer, you can be followed at uh, Jennifer Landa. And uh, you have a website, YouTube channel, a lot of places they can follow you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Jennifer Landa. Or my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash Jennifer Landa. Mr. Scrimshaw, you got a show I know coming up yeah. here. I'm trying to clear a schedule to get out there to see oh, you. lovely, lovely. Because it's nearby. I almost have no excuse. <laughs> Um, You got a lot of things going on Yeah, yeah, I got uh, this monthly show that I do with my friend Angela M. Weber It is called Game Night It is uh, in the Valley in Los Angeles And uh, that is happening February 23rd It's uh, just a fun comedy variety show Easy going You can uh, find out information about that on my website at josephscrimshaw.com Under the live shows page I'm also very excited because my other uh, podcast, Obsessed Is back up and running this episode, this most recent recent episode is uh, all about The Last Jedi with a bunch of great guests, some of whom you've heard here on uh, Force Center, including Matt Belknap, uh, and then uh, also Clark Wolf and Riley Silverman. And it's a really great different uh, approach to talking about The Last Jedi than the way we do it here on uh, Force Center, so that was really fun to do. And I've also launched a new show on the Obsessed Podcast feed called Obsessed Reviews, where I'm going to do reviews of brand new movies. So my wife Sarah and I just put out a review of Black Panther. Spoiler alert. We like it. <laughs> the couple that reviews together stays together and reviews more things exactly. together. Exactly. And it never ends. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow me at Catnapsock. That includes Twitch, where I am live streaming my play of Battlefront 2, a lot of other games, including soon. Once I get there's a lot of gear to buy for an old this old guy has got to buy a lot of gear, but I'm gonna I got my Nintendo 64 up and running. I got the Pod Racer game, a lot of that, a lot of stuff coming to Twitch, and I'll be talking about Rebels there as well. Uh, and uh, follow me uh, on Twitter, Instagram. And Napsa Files podcast, which has a Patreon page as well. Guys, that is it. Another big show. Never tell Han Solo the odds. We'll see you next time here on Force. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.